Welcome back, folks. Episode number 19. Almost 20. Almost. We're close. We're done after 20. Oh, we have a... We're done after 20. It's actually a mini-series. We're like cereal. It's ending, and then you never know when we're coming back. It's the end of the next podcast. I'm going to kill Justin Parkinson live on the air. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, we have an exciting guest this week. Our very good friend and personal... uh, Our barber of choice, I guess. She's not a personal barber. Both of us. Barber of choice. My personal barber. If I ever got famous, Paulie Diamond would be my travel barber. That would be really... I'd take care of his whole family forever if I had the money. He could just travel with me and cut my hair. Fix me up every day. That's a great look. Uh, yeah, Paulie Diamond coming to talk about the barbershop. I'm excited. And, of course, about Brett the Hitman Hart. I, I can't believe you guys got into wrestling talk. I can't Unreal. believe it. Thanks for coming, guys. do the podcast because there's a certain disgruntledness <laughs> to our, yeah it our gets demeanor. a little bit there's sometimes depending on how my monday went because as you know uh, a lot of you guys probably know we tape the show on monday we put it out tuesday morning depending how my monday went you're gonna get a couple different sides of my personality <laughs> and sometimes it might be less than favorable uh well we can come all right today i'm good i feel all right today i actually what today wasn't so bad i feel like i helped people today at my job how's that for you well you can, there you did, go did good work today anyhow uh, here's who we can't help, and this is a shout-out. I'm sorry, Mets fans. Uh, this is not a troll job either. I'm legitimately sorry. I was rooting for the Mets. I'm trolling the hell out of you. I rooted for Kansas City the whole time, and I took joy in the loss. Uh, and in the Mets' sadness, you'll notice that there is no Aaron Higgins today. No, she took the night off to mourn yeah. her, her beloved yeah. Mets. Well, I can't blame her. She didn't want to come in here and face the music, I think, is what it is. It's a fair point. We did give her and a lot of time. After all she's been talking to, she, no, she gave us a hard time, too, though. I think she uh, just didn't want to come in and hear about it. We're going to get into the Mets a little bit later. Uh, we're going to do a whole big sports segment at the end of the show. So okay, good. For all you non-sports fans, I put it to the end. So <laughs> Fair enough. So there you go. Uh, but I do want to say, like, for as, for as a downer of a series as that was for some of the Mets fans, it was actually pretty close. It was, a, it was a very interesting... Well, I think that's... Yeah. I read I read an interesting article on uh, somewhere where there was like a real like Mets homer on there. It might have been a bar stool or something. And they were talking about how that's the worst part about this series is that the Mets, they did... I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but the Mets led for like the majority of the innings of the series and like it was supposed to be close and then they just fell apart in the margins and it was... Yeah. It's got to be a tough loss for Mets fans. And I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a Yankees fan. Um, we barely made the playoffs or whatever, but... That's a tough one. We did make the playoffs, though. We sure did. We sure did. Uh, yeah, it's so funny, and I, I feel bad saying it for any baseball fans out there who were legitimately affected by this World Series and saddened. Uh, I didn't watch any of it because the NBA started, right? It's oh, crazy yes. how little. Yeah. So welcome back. Finally, let's, let's save it. We'll save it for the end. Uh, okay. Let's let's move on because I do want to shout out our contest winners. Yeah, I hope that everybody went yeah. and had a great time at the Stanley for Rocky Horror. Yeah, yeah. Uh, winners, our girl Mellow Kitty on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, our man Tolerated13. Your boy Ken Smith. Ken Smith Always is a good dude. I've been a big Twitter. supporter of you, a big supporter of everything that everybody does. Uh, the man Rick Carson on Twitter, Rick Fernandez, thank you so much That's for being true. a supporter. 
Uh, Darlene Wilburn, who was very sweet when I met her in real life. What a, nice, lovely. what a nice girl. And Amy Clary Turner, who I work with, who very much enjoyed the show, she told you me. You know, today. it's funny because we had to drop off some of these tickets, and you and me went, uh, and it was like kind of late at night. Not late at night, but like 8 o'clock. <laughs> and we're just going yeah. around knocking on doors that people DM'd us on Twitter, like, yeah, this is my address. And so yeah. we're going out, we're like banging on doors and stuff like that. And it's like, hi, we're the guys from the podcast, we have tickets. Yeah, I, I'll tell, I'll say so mixed uh, reviews. We, 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 everyone we delivered the tickets to uh, was pretty close, except one. And then I felt bad, we got all the way out there and it was like kind of dark. And I didn't want to knock on the door. Yeah, we're out, we were out in the middle of Frankfurt, like out in like neighborhood Frankfurt in the village. Like pretty far from Utica, it was late enough and we're out here, we're like, well... Man, we can't knock on the door right now. No, like, what do we do? What goes so on? So we just stuck them in the mailbox, sent out a tweet, and hoped for the best. Uh, but thanks again to Stanley uh, and Nicole Grant from the yeah, Stanley awesome. uh, for giving us those tickets. That was super great. Uh, and we're we going like... to try to get some more tickets moving forward for giveaways. Anytime yeah. we can get tickets, we're just keep listening. Yeah. Try to give some giveaways. It's nice. I like giving stuff away to people. It's true. It's fun. It's true. Uh, it'd be nice if we had more time to give it away as opposed to two days like we did this time. But we learn. We learn as we go on. That's it how works. that's how the show goes. Um, I do want to talk a little bit uh, about Halloween, right? Should we wait? Oh, Should that, we? No, let, you know what? Let's let's. Last week was the Halloween episode. Yeah. Let's dive right into the Halloween recap. Yeah, let's just dive in. All right. when Aaron's not here because she's home warning the Mets. That's right. You get Mr. Maiden Utica, Justin Parkinson. Welcome back, Justin. Yep. Welcome back. I'm just yeah. more disappointed that I had to crack my own UC. Yeah, yeah right. let's crack the UC. Yeah. Man. Let's crack them out here. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, cheers, boys. Congratulations. <laughs> and let's talk a little bit about this Halloween we just we sat through. This was a solid Halloween. Halloween was good, man. I had a really, I had a fun time. You know, this this year Halloween was kind of the perfect storm, and it really, it made me feel old because I got out of work on Saturday, and like, I just want to go home and go to bed. Yeah. But Halloween, <laughs> it was on a Saturday. The weather was nice. We rolled back the clock so we got an extra hour out and everything like that. It was just one of those years where it's like, this is kind of the perfect storm of Halloween, where if I had been like 23, I, you probably wouldn't have seen me yet. I'd still be out in the wilderness. Yeah, it's like the ultimate trifecta. It was on a Saturday. You got the daylight savings time, which everyone forgot about, I think. Yeah. I, <laughs> You're still <laughs> done at 2 o'clock just by uh, instinct. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't matter if it's one. It's fine. Uh, and we did do an update on the reader. Uh, it was Ken Smith, I believe, the man who won our contest, who asked us about uh, trick-or-treating in South Utica on Proctor Boulevard. Oh, my God. We drove up Proctor Boulevard at probably maybe 7 o'clock on Saturday, and it was it was crazy. It was parked out like it looked like a concert. There were just cars everywhere, people everywhere you go. It was wild. And we had we did, we did uh, we had trick-or-treaters at the studio. We had candy. I think we went through, we had a big bowl of candy. I think it was gone in 40 minutes flat. All right, can I tell you, I'll share a funny story about that with you, actually. Because I've never done trick-or-treating at any apartment I've ever had at. Because it's always been in New York City, take a shot. Or at one of my various, <laughs> like, one of my various low-rent apartments that people are not walking around in the neighborhood for, right? Right, right. So I was a little bit surprised by the turnout we got at the studio. My niece and nephew show up at the studio, and they walk right in the door because they have no manners. So they walk right in, and they're standing in the foyer, and I'm like, hey, guys, what's going on? And I just start giving them some candy, (laughs) bye-bye. This mother walks up on the porch with, like, eight kids, and she sees my niece and nephew in the foyer, and I, I, I tell you, they walked into our house. 
Just this walked thing. right into the foyer. All like the mom too with a bag of candy. The mom. I gave her <laughs> I gave her some sour patch candy. So you know, do you know what it's like to take eight kids trick-or-treating? That she you deserves you know what it's like? So have you ever done it? I don't Listen, think you've done it either. I I could. If so I had yeah, to. we had lovely, we had lovely oh, innocent trick-or-treaters at the house, and it was beautiful. And then we all got in costume and decided to go out and act like a bunch of savages. Yes. Uh, and that was also a lot of fun too. I saw some great costumes at the devs. Fantastic. Blood Bash for Harvest of Souls. What, what do you guys think is the... Because we were... You know, it's no secret. We were all there. What do you think is the best costume you saw all weekend? Even if... Because we had the pre-party and then we had the... Uh, we went to the dev. What's the oh. best costume everybody saw for the weekend? I'll take more than one answer if you got a couple. Well, I think... Uh, if we go by the winners of the dev contest... Uh, we don't. We can't. Uh, well, the lady who won was the, the Dr. Frankenfurter, right? From yeah, yeah. From show. Listen, she looked incredible. No, it sure was. It was. It sure was. And she, she looked great, but I don't know if that was my favorite costume that I saw at the dev. I saw uh, somebody was Maleficent from Disney. Yeah, that was amazing. And they were like completely balls to the wall yeah. all the way down, like full-on cosplay. They should have won. Yeah, there's one that I saw at the party we went to uh, that was Jim Beheim. With the jacket, the Jim Bayham yeah, was pretty so good. So he had a Jim Bayham mask on, and he kept pulling his jacket well, off. That was really good. There were so. two. There's a lot of costumes you see like that now, where it's like they just put the paper face. Yeah, the guy, the guy yeah. who went as John Cena, yeah, yeah, and the cool. dev was the same thing. Yeah. He had the shirt on, and then just a paper cutout of John Cena's face, uh, which is I horrible. gotta tell. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta tell the story for anybody listening because I get a real kick out of it, and it's it's an awesome story. Yes. When please. we were at we were at a party, um, our friends had a party at their apartment before everybody went out. They invited everybody over. Everybody's there hanging out. There's maybe, you know, 30, 40 people just kicking it, getting ready to go out for the night. And all of a sudden, some guy shows up in a full old man costume <laughs> with an old man mask so you can't see his face. And he's walking like an old man. Oh, so good. And he brought, like, dirty magazines with him. And he's sitting there and he's walking around the party. And at first, it's like, oh, I wonder who this is because you can't see any identifying features of this person. Time. Whatever. <laughs> Allegedly. But so we were sitting there, and this guy's at the party, and, like, people, it's going to the point where people are like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> to, like, wait a minute, seriously, who is that? Uh, to, like, know who the hell is that? Dude, people were getting freaked out. And he's staying in character. He goes outside. He's walking around the property. He starts walking down the street. And girls are legitimately freaking out. Like, should we call the cops? Who the hell is this? This guy's a creep, like, getting frantic. And it turned out to be Big Game James, the guy we all know and love very well. Yeah, oh, man. It's, it might be the the most intense trick-or-treat or Halloween prank I've people ever were losing it. seen. People were just, losing it. You know what? And it, it's smart because I, I, he knows everybody there. So he knows that nobody is actually going to do anything to him. No one's going to pick that guy up, right? <laughs> this guy walks in. And the part that got me is I'm on the front porch. And I can see from the front porch into the living room. And this And James, in full costume, sits down. Reads the dirty magazines and doesn't say a word for like two minutes. Just yeah. sits on the couch and people just start slowly noticing him. I and it was amazing. It, I, eventually, he got chased down the street, got his mask pulled off. But I told because I saw him when he was outside walking around. I went up to him and I was like, "Listen, I know I probably know who you are, but I don't know who you are right now. If I were you, what I would do is I would leave this party and I would never, never come back. Because it was like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then show it next out. year because you know the And never say a word to anybody. Next year, the same party will happen next so year. So nobody ever knows again. who's that guy in the old man yeah. costume. It was obviously someone you invited to the party, though. People just don't wander in because it's Halloween in costume and freak a bunch of people out. Yeah, you out. never know. Like, that's how a horror movie it. starts. So somebody Stop wanders in. The next thing you know, it. there's a body in the bathroom. It was obviously an invited guest. And it just took too long for people to figure out who it was. What's it like to be so joyless? You know what broke my heart? 
my heart. I think we went out on, I want to say Friday night. You got out of work, and we went up to the Walmart in North Utica to get last-minute, like, Halloween supplies. Yeah. And as we walked in, first off, it's always sad to go that time because everything's picked over. But what actually bothered me worse is that it was not even Halloween yet, and I looked down the aisle, and there was already a massive Christmas section. Did you see that? I did, yeah, yeah. It's, I had to turn my head. Man, it's coming. <laughs> oh. Some people use do. Christmas things for Halloween. Just saying. Oh, that's true. I have seen some Is this the part where you want us to talk about how you dressed up as Jesus? <laughs> Is this no. that part? I'm hey, just saying. I was Santa the night before. Yeah, you, you hit both ends of the spectrum on yep. that one, didn't you? Uh-huh. You're really... Good work. Secular good. and non-secular. But I'm just saying, certain people had a use for that section. I is that where you got it from? Is that where you got your costume from? No, you probably only in years past. All right. Well, you know what? Let's let's not talk about this anymore. Since you're here, let's talk about the uh, the boxes that went out today. Why don't you give me a little information about? Yeah, hit that up. Actually, tell us a little bit. Um, they're they're on pre-sale now until Black Friday. I think is what's going to be the. What are they? What are they? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Fine. Fine. Um, (laughs) Fair enough. They're uh, they're localized Utica boxes for the holidays. So it has um, some pasta. Pasta sauce from Sammy and Annie's, uh, Apico Spice, uh, Utica Coffee, some coffee mugs, some Saranac items. It's a bunch of local items packed into a box um, where you can mail them out to relatives from out of state. To so a we're, of we're, we're basically talking about a Utica care package. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty okay. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it's, um, you know, non-perishable items. You can't do alcohol and, and certain restrictions with that. But it's stuff that if you get it, you'll it'll be fresh and, and good right. for you and everything like that. Um, but we figured... We're working with a, a lo- two local artists, uh, Chris from Sammy and Annie's, yep. um, Utica Coffee, Saranac, all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these places, especially like these artists and like Sammy and Annie's, which I, I keep saying over and over, is that a boost for them, especially during the holidays, is like a, a nice yeah. thing for a small business well, like that. So you know, we're trying to just push you guys to grab a couple of things. To, to, to drop the charade that like I'm interviewing you, like we haven't been talking about these boxes <laughs> for weeks and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a huge thing because we hear all the time from people. People are always reaching out to everybody made in Utica. And they're like, I would love to send some Utica stuff to my you know friends or family that don't live here anymore and stuff like that. And I think it's it's cool because it's the best of a lot of worlds. You can send a lot of different, you know, signature Utica items, and we can send them anywhere in the country. And also, since we're pulling from all locally owned, small-ish businesses, I mean, I think the biggest business in the box is probably Saranac, and yeah. even them are still a local business. Yeah. And, you know, all the way down to Sammy and Annie's, who's the literal definition of a mom and pop. Yeah. It's cool because we can goose all those people's sales a little bit for the holidays, and also it helps you know all the people who had to leave Utica, who live other places, who want to get you know their sauces and their pastas and their this and their that and everything else. Yeah. I think it's going to be an awesome thing for people. But wait, there's more. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Five dollars of every box that we sell. There'll be fifty dollars, um, and then there's some flat rate shipping and stuff like that in there. But the value's in the box. Um, we're going to take $5 of that and donate it to uh, Toys for Teens, which is Operation Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're going to be basically doing is generating money to buy toys for literally teens. Um, because when you think for Toys for Tots, and what would you buy as a Toys for Tot? Probably a, a, a kid's a toy. toy. A toy. Yeah. This will be more geared towards teenagers like and teenager things. So if they get maybe left behind by some of the other charities because it's yeah. categorized well, wrong, teenagers will get some Teenagers some are hard stuff. to shop for, though. What do you get teenagers? Not my problem. We're just going to get $5 <laughs> on every box. The and then, the uh, 
They but can no, figure it out. I think, that's, I think that's candy important. Bars. Candy bars. That's cell phones and stuff like that's that. That's important to say, though, because, you know, we said when Made in Utica started, the idea was never to make a billion dollars off Made in Utica. So it's, it's you know, it's the perfect storm for the holidays. We can support local business. We can give gifts to people who miss our city. And we can donate money to people who need it a hell of a lot more than we do. It's a brilliant idea. Well said, sir. Brilliant idea on your part. And I got to say, you know, for as much as Made in Utica is a team, this one was all just, to be fair. And as much as we hate giving you credit, and <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm literally my skin is crawling and I'm dying inside giving you this credit publicly. This segment will make the best of episode. Oh, God. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's talk get Paulie in let's here. Let's get Paulie in here. Uh, Paul Diamond, the man, the myth, the legend behind the Gentleman's Corner Barbershop in New Harper Shopping Center. He is a good friend of mine. We go way back to high school. We had a great conversation about the barbershop and about Brett the Hitman Hart. It gets a little into professional wrestling, so don't don't get too nerved out, folks. Here's Paulie D. Yeah, you know, uh, and the funny—it's funny. Before I knew you were coming in to do the interview, I realized I had not gotten a haircut. In about two and a half, three, three weeks, which is long for me. So I went in yesterday, uh, which was, I guess, as a Saturday morning to get a haircut. Your boy Gary hooked me yeah, up. Gary. Thanks a lot, Gary. Yeah, Gary's good. Feels man. great. But every time I walk in, I'm just uh, every time I walk into your wonderful barbershop, I'm always like, it's so comfortable in there. And I wonder that must have been one of the first things. Like you want this place to feel. That's what we want. We want yeah. we want you to come in and feel like this is your shop. Yeah. This is where you belong, whether it's your first time or you've been there a hundred times. Yeah. Uh, and Paul Diamond, uh, you are, I don't know what you'd call yourself, you're the, the owner, the manager, the head. The owner, master barber. Master barber of the Gentleman's Corner Barbershop, yep. which uh, I got to tell you, I love some of the things that me and Kev talk about all the time in our private life is romantic like jobs that, like old school jobs. Yeah. And there's something about like the art of like cutting hair and being a barber that's very old school and, and very tactile and it feels it's good. You know I mean? Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely is. Uh, actually, um, barbering is the second oldest profession. Really? Yeah. What's don't ask me what the first is. <laughs> I don't want to um, say that. Paulie, I have to ask you one question that I got a lot of people. Every time I tell people that we're friends, we know yeah. each other from back in the day. One of the things they always ask me is, is Paul Diamond his real name? <laughs> That's another yeah. one question. I got a funny story about that. Um, <clears throat> I've been friends with Estat from Kiss FM for a while. Yeah. And uh, he DJed my wedding. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we were friends for years before he did that. <laughs> and he called me up and he said, uh, I have to put this all on paper and make it legal. I need to know your real name. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, like, bro, that, that is my real name. Like, Polly Diamond is my real name. Like, uh, I guess I'm just fortunate enough to have, like, that kind of gimmicky yeah. name. Uh, well, it's, I wouldn't call it, it's a phenomenal name. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it's got, like, that, like, it almost sounds like it could be. Well, it ties into the fact that you're a big wrestling fan. It is a phenomenal wrestling right. name. Like, if you went to be a pro wrestler, they would never change your name. Actually, um, I don't know if you know this. There was a wrestler named Paul Diamond. Really? Max Moon was Paul Diamond. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I do know Max um, Moon. Yeah. I did um, not know uh, that. Shawn Michaels um, fought him, what was it, for the uh, Intercontinental title on the first Monday Night Raw. So whenever that's like a, Paul like a trivia, I always get that right. Well, I always tell, you know, Kevin that he ripped his name off from the professional wrestler. Oh, yeah. Kevin Sullivan. It's funny you say that because um, <laughs> the, the first few times I met Kev, 
I didn't want to say his name because I was confused of if if it was like, do I think that's his name because of wrestling <laughs> or is that really his name? Uh, Paulie, we went to high school together and then I left for New York and I and I only saw you again. We sort of came back around on Twitter. I saw you on Twitter yeah. one time. And I was blown away by how many followers you had. Yeah, Twitter's <laughs> been good to me. Twitter's been good to you, Twitter's man. been good to me. Um, but I'd like to just know, like, from, from where we left off, like, in high school, how did you get to this this spot with the barbershop? Like, what – did you always want to open a barbershop? Um, in, in high school, I was cutting hair on my garage. Word. And I, okay. I wanted to, you know, one day open a barbershop. But um, I knew college wasn't really where I wanted to be. Yeah. So senior year, I started looking into barber schools, mm-hmm. and I ended up going to Rochester for barber schools. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. It's I think in the last couple of years, and I went I, I went to college in New York, and I don't I wouldn't go so far as to say I regret getting a degree because I don't. I'm very glad that oh, I yeah. have it. But I do think that we are sort of in a strange new world when it comes to stuff like this, where if you can, you don't have to go to college anymore if you have. A vision right. and a product, and you want to right. do. If you can figure day. out where you want to be. Yeah, you know, I, I I wonder sometimes maybe like the next generation won't just start going back to like learn trades as opposed to going right. to school, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, but the barbershop has been a huge success, I would say, at least from the outside. I don't know what so it's like. So far, it's it's amazing. I mean, we're really blessed. Did you, like, did you always suspect it? Did you know initially? No. Yeah, no. I'd love to say, yeah, I knew this was going to happen <laughs> and everything, but no, not at all. I mean, I remember the night before we opened. I was, you know, I was really stressed. I mean, I got everything into this business. Yeah. Everything. I've, I've taken out all the loans. I borrowed from everybody. And the barber business is something where you kind of just open the door yeah. and you hope people are going to come through. There's no guaranteed, hey, this is how much you make every week. So the night before, I was really stressed. And uh, I remember the first day that we opened, we had standing room only from the time we opened the doors yeah. until the time we closed. We closed at 5. We actually didn't lock the door until 6.30, and it was just standing room all day. Really? Wow. That was insane. Well, see, that ties into my next question a little bit. Did you guys, it doesn't seem like it the way you presented it, but did you guys have early challenges letting people, like, get in there? It seems like right off the bat it was doing well. Oh, right? uh, yeah. I mean, um, well, we opened originally in 1957. Mm-hmm. That was the old shop. I worked really? there for 10 years. Huh. And then I bought the the business from the former owner, mm-hmm. and I took all the barbers with us, and you know we took on a couple new guys, and then we we opened in the new spot. So we had a built in clientele, sure. Um, but our goal was you know to expand. Mm-hmm. You know there were so many people that didn't want to go to the old shop. Nothing's right. changed since 1957. Sure. And, you know we were in center court, so we weren't really out there. We didn't even have a Facebook page, right? You know, so there was a lot of work that went into like rebranding and re. You know, completely giving us a new image. Hmm. It's so, it's, and I think it's so funny too, because uh, now that it's here, now that I've been there, I you know, and I think it's, I don't think it's bad, you know, pussies. I'm, I go to your shop to get haircuts. Right. I don't go anywhere else. I right. love going to your shop. But yeah, you're so, a regular. But yeah, now that's that we call you. But no, thank you. Right. Uh, but now that it's there, it makes me, like, it makes me laugh. I was like, God, I don't know what I would have done otherwise. Like, I used to go to, I used to go get haircuts from, my buddy's mom, like, at her house. <laughs> well, that, that was our goal is, like, you know, there's a lot of people that will bounce mm-hmm. around. And, you know, mm-hmm. when somebody sits down in the chair for the first time, we ask them, where have you been going? Yeah. And there's a lot of people that will say, well, I'll go anywhere. You know, we wanted to create a place where this is your shop. Yeah. You come in. Everybody knows, hey, Sam's here. Sam, yeah. how's the family? How's yeah. this? How's work going? Hey, how's the podcast? You know, we, we know you. We know things about you. And this is where you can come, you know, to talk and, and to hang out and yeah. feel comfortable. 
And it definitely has that vibe. When you go in, it's very friendly. I actually, not yesterday when I came in, but a couple weeks ago, I was when last time I was in there, I had a wonderful conversation with an old woman who was there with her I husband. I remember that. She was such a that. nice lady. I remember that. She she was so nice. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the shop though, because you guys just got named the official barbershop of the Utica Yeah, Commons. we're very proud of that. That's we're, that's yeah, awesome. That is. That's huge for us. We're, we're very proud of that. How did you get involved with the Comets initially? Because I do see you wearing the Comets gear on all their pictures now. I see them. Oh, yeah. I've seen some pictures. Oh, yeah. We're, we're all over. Um, <laughs> back in the playoffs, we uh, we contacted the Comets, yeah. and we wanted to show our support. You know, mm-hmm. this is huge for the area, and, and, you know, we just wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. So we contacted the Comets, and we told them that we wanted to change our name from Gentleman's Corner Barbershop to comets corner barbershop mm-hmm. you know while they were in the playoffs yeah. to show our support so they they approved it they sent us all the official licensing like they released their logos and all the trademarks to us hmm. so you know we officially like officially changed our name we got all our logos changed to incorporate that and it went over great you know they were sending players down for pictures yeah. and um we got a good um a good relationship yeah. So once this season started approaching, they stopped in the barbershop and asked us if we'd like to, you know, build on that, which, of course, we, of course. we were all about it. We were well, all you're a big it. sports fan like me, too. It's got to be exciting just to be involved and be part of this exciting community movement, too, you know? Uh, it's it's so insane to be, like, to be a part of this whole, like, rebirth of ah, Utica. So nice. I mean, it's... And to be there, do you know what I mean? To go to the, the Comets games and, you know, we got our, our jerseys that say GCBS on the back. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they got the, the clip of the game with mm-hmm. our commercial involved and we got a board on the ice. And it's just, it's so awesome to be to be a part of the energy that's there. We talked a little bit about it before we started taping. Um, but uh, I said to you about the podcast about how years ago when I left, I don't think that this type of show would have been successful or it would have uh, sustained. I don't think people would have right. been behind it. Do you feel that way about the shop as well? Do you think that now in this newer changing economics like marketing Utica, like there is more support to be had? Like if you if you had done this five years ago, do you think there would have been as many people getting behind it? No, I really don't. I mean, there was so much negativity. So much. You know, like yeah. a few years ago that it was it was sickening. And I, I hated to be, you know, a part of the 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 small minority that was fighting for the city because it was exhausting. It is, it, yeah. It was exhausting to constantly say, you know, this is my home. This is where my family is. This is where I want to raise a family. And you know, it's like if you don't love it, then just leave it. Just move. And it felt like there was there was there was scattered voices around that mm-hmm. were saying that. And now that everybody's together, well, you'd be afraid to defend yourself a little bit. Like it, right. certain, for a long time, if you defended Utica, right, you would not only get Oh yeah, pushback from everyone. Be like, look at this idiot. From like, everyone. Yeah. Now it seems like the other things happen now. Where if someone puts up like an anti Utica Facebook, oh, they get attacked. Stuff, you get, and I love it. As, great, as soon as I see it, I click the comments. It took so long. I click the comments to see all um, the positive, like you know, everybody attacking that person oh, and yeah. posting that. Because that's oh, it's hilarious to be. See, I used to, we talked a little bit about. I hated topics as a thing oh, more me too. than because it, it was literally everything I hated about like. The negativity oh, and all that, sucked into one little Yeah, that place. was like the gas on the fire topics. And it's funny. Every now and then I'll still go to topics because I am a glutton for punishment. And I like to see what's up. And it doesn't seem the same as it was. No. Like, no, it's totally. No, it's not at all. Melod- and that makes me happy. No, not at all. Um, I mean, you brought up like the whole uh, negativity with Utica. I just want to bring up like one thing. Sure. Um, back, you know, like five years ago, I had a lot of friends that moved out of the area. Yeah. And their posts on Facebook were kind of like uh 
you know, proud, like, look at me, I've moved out of Utica. Yeah. And now I have those very same friends that are like, hey, you know, what's going on in Utica? Yeah. Like, it seems like the, the city's completely changing. Okay. And, you know, now they want to come in and visit. And, you know, whereas before they were so proud to be out of Utica. I have specifically two friends who I've, it's funny you mentioned this. I just talked to them this week. Uh, two friends of mine who lived in Colorado for a couple of years. And they are both moving back, right? And they, uh, and they were both a little concerned. And they were sort of asking me, you know, what's, what am I, what do I expect? Right, what am I getting into? And for the first time in my life, it was really nice to be like, let me tell you. Right, yeah. <laughs> you're in for a journey. You're in for a yeah. positive treat. It's not as, it's not what you thought it was. Right, it's not what you left. And it, for people to hear that when they were coming back, it was like, they were, initially it was, well, that's surprising. Right, yeah. But the more and more you talk to these people about it, they get excited as well. And I hope that's, I hope that continues going. Oh forward. yeah, I I I, I well, see it continuing. Well, you are you're very involved with the local community. Um, I, yeah, we try you, to be. Do you want to talk a little bit about the uh, the charity event, your your Bald for Boobies event, a little bit? Oh, that was great. Um, we yeah. we partnered up with uh, with Kiss FM to do Bald for Boobies, and what we were doing was we were shaving shaving heads, mm. and we were asking for a twenty dollars donation, and that went to Making Strides Against Breast Cancer. Yeah, that's we it. raised uh, fourteen hundred dollars. Um, next year we're looking to double it. Mm-hmm. You know, this was the, the yeah. first year, you know, we kind of got it together quick, kind of yeah. last minute. Hey, what can we do? Yeah. Um, but you know, now we've got a whole year to, to build on what we've done. Well, yeah, to see, to, to do it quickly and have turnout happen, it makes you see, oh, maybe if we really, oh know, yeah. I mean, you know, to do, uh, to ask somebody to shave their head and donate $20, and to raise $1,400, that's, that's awesome. a lot yeah. for one day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that's a lot. Um, and I just think it's great that you do stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it, it's nice to see guys, you know, in my generation, guys who I, I you know, I relate to guys like you because we all, you know, we grew up together. Right. It's, we are, you know, it sounds a little hokey, you know, we're here. I'm not going anywhere. Right, I don't yeah. think you're going anywhere. No. We're the generation that's got to keep moving yeah. things forward. Definitely. We always talk about it. This is not the end. It's only the beginning. We always oh, need yeah. to think about that. I didn't want to uh, get too far into wrestling before we got the interview out, but uh, we got an image to, huge, to uphold. <laughs> we're both huge wrestling fans. Yeah, surprising definitely. for uh, for a lot of people. So let's talk a little bit about Brett the Hitman Hart, your all time favorite wrestler. You would yeah, say? I, I definitely would say he's he's my number one. When you now, I've heard a little of the story about how you got in contact with Brett. Right, you dealt with um, an agent, an agent of his, and. I think the idea was they told you you had to go pick him up from New York if you wanted to, to meet him. Um, well, see, here's the thing. Um, this was kind of off the... Oh, okay. Well, 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 it's fine. Okay. Um, that's kind of like a bonus for me. Was, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a very serious conversation of, right. uh, you know, listen, you know, Brett, is, Brett prefers not to fly. Sure. Um, if it's a drive that he can make. Hmm. And they said, you know, uh, is there any way that you can pick him up personally? <laughs> and, you know, like, if there's any wrestling fans listening, like, I tried so hard not to mark out. <laughs> so I'm just like, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll have to take the day off of work. Oh, I'll move geez. some things around. And, you know, yeah, I can make the drive, I guess, if that's what he prefers. On the inside, I was, you know, I was freaking out. I get to spend, like, you know, four hours with, with Brett the Hitman Hart in my car. I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. I, I feel like if you gave me four hours, by the time I got out of the car, he'd be sick of hearing me. Right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And see, and see, that's the thing. Like, what? see, that's what's hard for me to, to separate is right. what we are embarking on is a, is a business transaction. Yeah. Of course. Like, I'm a business owner. I'm that's bringing in true. Brett the Hitman Hart to promote my business and, right. and, you know, to do a signing there. 
But for me, I'm a fan. I'm I'm 12 years old and front row screaming Brett's name. It's that's a fair, it's a really good point because I think about that. I uh, I had the, the the chance one time I was in New York. I met Stephen King, who I'm huge huge mark for. I love. I read all his books. I have a Stephen King tattoo, and I met him very briefly. And I just wanted to talk to him and like relate to him on such a way right. that I made him uncomfortable. Like right. it happened in like 10 minutes. Like he was just like, all right, get out of here. Kid. <laughs> He's just like, that's enough from you. Uh, but November 15th, we'll be putting on the event at, uh, at, uh, the barbershop. At the barbershop. Yeah. And, uh, you want to give a little information for those people who are out there? Who uh, November 15th, gentlemen's corner barbershop, Brett, the Hitman Hart will be signing autographs and taking pictures. Um, tickets start at just $25. You can get them online at gcbsnewhartford.com or stop in the barbershop. We have tickets. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you a question. Uh, I know Brett is your guy. You love Brett. Yeah, Brett's my man. Um, going forward, would you, would you like to do more stuff? Maybe not even just with wrestling, uh, but... We're, more... we're open to anything. Yeah. Um, to, to be honest, uh, you know, I've got other names that have already contacted me about the next one. Really? Yes. Uh, you know, Ted DiBiase. Like, him and I have, like, developed, like, this this phone friendship. You know, like, <laughs> so... we're constantly, like, checking in. And I'm telling you, it's so surreal. It is imagine, so surreal. I wouldn't be able to believe it. If someone called me on the phone and I was like, how you doing today? And he was like, brother, it's a million dollar man. I'd be like, oh, all right. Did I tell you the story? Like, <laughs> I, was like, I was cutting hair and uh, my phone rings. And obviously it's an out-of-state number. And I'm getting constant telemarketers. And I play Pandora over my phone in the barbershop. Yeah, yeah. So my phone rings, the music cuts off. Yeah. Okay. So I'm pretty much forced to answer. Yeah. So I answer the phone. I'm like, you know, a little irritated. I'm like, hello. And uh, they said, is this Paul Diamond? I said, well, you know, that depends on who you are. <laughs> He gives a little chuckle and he says, well, this is Ted DiBiase. <laughs> and like, I almost dropped my clippers. You know what I mean? I almost dropped my clippers. I'm like telling everybody in the show, I'm like, Ted DiBiase's on the phone. And, you know, he just, you know, he's like, you know, I heard what you're doing with Brett. You know, I'd be interested in, in coming in. And I think you've got a good format there. Um, you know, upstate New York was a, was a big a big city oh, yeah. for us back in the day. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we just started vibing. And ever since then, we're constantly in contact. Do you remember going to wrestling at the Autumn Oh, my God, yeah. I uh, just I I didn't go to the last one. I didn't go to Raw when they or whatever it was the they had a wrestling event. I was out of town. I was, I, was out of I was just coming back in, but I it just it, especially though that era. Like I I like oh. today's wrestling. Oh yeah, like the casket matches. Yeah, and, and it just it was so Brent Sean in a cage. <laughs> I cared so much back then. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Paulie, I appreciate you coming in. Uh, November fifteenth, Brett Hart. Uh, we can, again, you gave all your information, but you can follow Paulie on Twitter as well at. Paulie Diamond. Yeah, that's right. Can't believe you got that Twitter handle. Such a good Twitter. <laughs> you know, I think I got in on the ground floor of Twitter. You know what I mean? The Twitter wasn't as big as it is now. You know, people like oh, yeah. kind of prefer Twitter to Facebook sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Back then, it wasn't really the. Oh, that's funny. Wasn't really the case. Yeah, because I'm on Twitter. I've been on Twitter for a long time too, right. and uh, I took the SF Doom name for my personal account, just sort of casually. And now, if I type in my name, there's about 17, 18 people oh, yeah. who have the name. Right, yeah, so now I can't get rid of it. Now I'm no. forced to keep it. No, because as soon as you do, somebody jumps yeah, out. Yeah, no, it's, it's gone. gone. So It's definitely gone. Uh, Paulie, it's a real pleasure. Awesome. We're very excited for I November 15th, it, and uh, we'll continue to support the store. I really appreciate it. Thank uh, you. It's my pleasure, sir. And we'll be right back with the rest of the show. Not Paulie D, as yes. I called him beforehand, who is... Not the popular DJ slash church. Right after, you see, right after you said Paulie D and hit caught, everybody's running around the house yelling T-shirts on him, cats. <laughs> <laughs> Got real uh, ugly. Yeah. No, but thanks I, can't, I can't believe that Paul Diamond is the man's real, like, God-given name on his driver's license. I, do How do you get that lucky? I, 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 Dude, I know. It's just, like... 
he's it's you got to be born with it, right? It's what like, would be what would be your dream name though, real quick? Oh, um, Steve Thunder. Steve Thunder. Nah, Steve I, Thunder. Said, I just made it up. I made it up right like, now. I can see uh, when you said that. Your face is like, nah, like, that's <laughs> terrible. Like, yeah. I'm gonna say John Cena. <laughs> John Cena. How about that? Is that taken? I don't need everybody to take a drink. I quit the show. <laughs> Yeah, that's the other new part of the Uticast drinking game we decided. Uh, every time I talk about New York, you take a shot. Every time Kevin quits the show, you take two shots. Oh, also, I heard... Every time Justin does the show, you turn the show off. When, I, when, I, when <laughs> I was at Nail Creek yesterday, I also heard a new part of the drinking game for at least one person. He told me that every time he hears Ryan Miller wants us to get new microphones, he can take a drink, so... Ryan Miller bottoms up, <laughs> uh, and I look, and I, I know that the election is tomorrow, or I guess uh, yeah, tomorrow, right? The time this comes out is today. The election is today, right now. Go vote. right now. Go vote right now. If you haven't, look, I'm not going to do a whole bunch of political coverage. We'll do, we'll deal with some of that next week after we see how this all comes. Like out. I've said before, and I say it a million times, man. I understand if you don't want to vote in a presidential election. I get it. You live in New York. Your vote does not count. If you're not voting locally, you have no right to even have an opinion about the area that you live in. If you're not voting locally, you're not a part of the problem. You are the problem. It's too late to register today, but go and vote and take local politics seriously. I know it's tough sometimes in Utica in an area like this. I know sometimes it feels like it's the same people coming around all the time. It's the same stuff. Everybody knows everybody. It's, you know, handshake city. Everybody pat on the back, backroom deals. It doesn't matter. Go out and go vote and take an interest and care about the area you live in. That's all I have to say. I think it. the biggest because I I don't do any political stuff uh, ever. Like with with any, I really try not to. But one of the ones that I really think people should vote for is is the Common Council because we just went through the the proclamation thing. I think that's really important. That if you can at least get a person in there that represents your district. It's a very small yeah, start. Your neighborhood. The overall your thing. neighborhood. And that's, and that's what the you thing people probably... don't understand. You go to a common council meeting, man, there's council members who are like 26 years yeah. old. That's no joke. Like, you can get on there. You can make a difference. You can talk to these people. If you have any kind of gripe with this city and you're not paying attention to local politics and voting, you do not yeah. have the right to an opinion. And I believe yeah. that wholeheartedly. Small-scale politics are extremely underrated and i think that that's just get involved on that really small level so if a lot of the stuff is over your head you can literally control what's happening in your neighborhoods and you should not pass that huge all right that's all the that's all the politics i want to do right now let's 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 move on uh i want to just cut into this real quick i do want to talk sports with you guys we never get a chance to talk sports in this show uh before i do i want to share something with you guys i have two friends who are moving... He's got two friends. Two friends. Total. Just total. Two. Yeah, we're, here. Yeah. we're both here. Uh, no, I have, uh, I have two friends I've known for a really long time who are moving back to Utica this week from, uh, I think it's Colorado. I think they're both from Colorado, actually. Uh-huh. I know who one is. I don't know who the other is. That's a really good trend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, they both sort of separately reached out to me to say, like, hey, you know, I'm moving back to the city. What am I in store for? And I had an interesting moment where, for the first time in my life, at almost 30 years old, uh, I actually had good stuff to tell them, right? It was a weird moment. Like, we always talk on this show. We talk a lot about, like, positivity and, like, being pro-Utica and being behind the city and rah-rah and all that good uh-huh. stuff. All that usual fluff. All that usual stuff we talk about, right? Like King Cuomo. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> all that fluff, I know. Uh, but it was the first time in a long time that I was like, oh, you know what? I actually do have some really exciting things that, if I tell you, might actually make you pretty excited to come back. Mm-hmm. And I feel like both of these people 
seem more optimistic about it now after having these conversations. Well, you know what? To be fair, when you called me and you told me that, hey, you know, I'm going to be moving back to Utica, I'm leaving New York. Take a shot. (laughs) (laughs) Take a shot if I talk about it. Every time we talk about it. Take a shot. But no, when you called me and you were like, yeah, man, I'm going to have to move back home. Like, what's going on there? What's going to be happening? And I found myself in the same spot. I was like, actually, man, we got a lot of stuff going on. I'm involved with these new guys that... We weren't friends with who weren't here when you had left. We've got this Made in Utica thing going on. There's this and that going on developmentally in the city. It's pretty cool here right now. I think I I'll, had that same moment yeah. with you. Well, I think now that we're all sitting here, one of the things I talked to Kevin about initially when I came back, because I had seen Made in Utica stuff on Twitter, and I didn't know who you were. I said, who's this guy? Made in Canada, Jaharie. Where are you from? Stop <laughs> it. No, uh, but I hear that a lot, though. I do hear, like, oh, those guys aren't even from Utica, because besides me... And Sam, who's on the team now, almost everybody on the team is not originally from Utica. I think that speaks more strongly to the commitment that people move yeah. from Canada, Harry, well, and New Jersey, even and Herkimer. And they're like, I'm planting my flag here. Yeah, on a quick non-ranting thing to get too much into is that my dad was in Roanoke, which is in Virginia, which I spent time there. Um, I was in North Carolina briefly and doing some stuff. Grew up in Canada, Harry, went to school in Herkimer, lived in Utica. Living in probably five or six different places and seeing certain things and the way, like, that's helped me kind of shape my view of, like, what I want in my own hometown because I feel like I've taken, like, some pieces of everywhere that have gone and kind of wish it was all here because I've thoroughly enjoyed where I've been. And then there's a lot of stuff that I just kind of gathered, a lot of friends that I've made, a lot of people and personalities I've learned from. So when I meet people in new towns, it's like, this reminds me of so-and-so, like... Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter, you know what I mean. Like uh, as long as you're, you're just making the best of your situation. So like your friends are from the area originally, originally from back. the area, and are coming back. And we're it's a completely yeah. different world, though. I think yeah. from what they left from, and it, it, it'd be like as if they moved to California, right? Like it's a completely different world. But I, I always tell Kevin though, my from my perspective, I was concerned that when I came back, there would be no place for me. That's a deep, that's a more of a personal, deeper concern about like my life and what I was going to do. Like I, that's a deeper concern about like, it's yeah. tough to come back because here's the thing, right? People, people, I, I went to New York. Okay. Yep. Shot. Take a shot. Um, <laughs> and when you move to a big city, not necessarily any, not, not New York necessarily, but any large city and you leave a small town, you say, I'm never coming back. And if I come back, it's a failure, right? I'm a failure if I come back. It's. Is right. that Utica or you being a teenager or no, a mid-20s person? That's, 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 that's not the that's area. Any, no, that's any USA. I feel like yeah. people feel that way about any like small yeah. rest belt on the ground. Because no one likes to take the step back. Now, I always tell people when they ask me, are you happy to be back? Because it's always a drudge. Like, oh, man, are you all right? Are you going to be okay? Yeah, you survive. I, I'm actually... I, wouldn't, I don't know if I would say much happier because life is still life. Like, I still have struggles and concerns. But I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I'm happy being. Here. It's mm-hmm. nice to be close to my family and you two nerds and everybody <laughs> on the show. And it's nice to be part of something that has positive momentum and feels good for the first time here. And it, it's good. Yeah. It's just good. That's it. it is, you know what, though? <laughs> I mean, that's you're, – you're completely – you're spot on about that. Because, like, when you, when you called me and told me you were going to come home, I expected there to be a time, maybe like six weeks after you came home, for you to be like, dude, I'm dying here. I don't know what's going on. Like, I miss New York so much. I don't know what's happening. I've heard nothing of the sort. Like, I expect you to have a harder time with it coming home. And I think that is a testament to what's going on here. Because I remember what it was like here when you left and what everybody was doing. And I know what's going on now. And it really is a testament to, like, what we're building and the momentum that's coming in this area. I'm 100% busier here. 
than I was in New York, which makes a, like, zero sense at all. It doesn't yeah. make any real concept, but, oh, you know, it's just a different thing, yeah. you know? Uh, anyway, all right, that's enough rain. Uh, we, said <laughs> we, we said we were going to talk about sports. Uh, talk about the sports of life. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so I want to talk to Justin for a second about the comments. We're not going to get too far into the comments, but I want to talk to Justin about the comments. Justin, there's been uh, – do you have anything to say about the tough results for the comments? I'm sorry, but no, I have nothing to say. Nothing to say. Nothing to say. Do you have nothing to say about, about these tough losses, about the play of the team at all? No, no. I, you know what? Here's nothing. here's you have the, nothing to say about the coaching. Nothing, nothing. What about what about the atmosphere inside the stadium? Nothing to say about the atmosphere. The fans. No. What about the fans? How can you address the? What about the fans who are stupid? The fans aren't stupid. They're not stupid. No. no. All right. Well. You know what's tough about? We missed that. We didn't reap this one on him. Talk about blood. You know what the tough thing is though, and I say this all the time about having like, a AAA affiliate team in your town. Is if you have a really good season like last season where we went to the Calder Cup, yeah. it just means that you're going to be terrible soon because it means you have a lot of good players that are going to get yeah. called up. Yeah. And that's the perpetual thing. You're never going to see the Comets hit a dynasty where they win like three championships in a row, like the Lakers or the Yankees well, you or know, something. We're also, because those players will leave and then the team yeah, eventually yeah. is going to be. We're also up not going to see from you in this house. What's that? Is you watching EPL. Because if you watched yourself some soccer, are you talking about the? What does that English even mean? Where game? are you? All right, for those unintuned, he's talking about. Never mind. This is a, this is a soccer joke that Kevin was not in. No, here's the thing about the comments, though, and I want to get back to the comments because it's something that people seem to want us to talk about, right? Do they? Uh, I get people who wonder why we don't talk as much about the comments. Uh, I like. I haven't made it to a game yet. No, I've not made it. I've been so busy. Yeah, but that's not enough. It's not. It has nothing to do with the. Like the team's no. play or anything. I like going to the game. Love it. Um, but, but I'll be 100% honest. I like the Utica Comets 100% better than I like watching actual hockey. Oh, yeah. No, hockey yeah, on TV is like torture. And that's tough for me with like, I know that everyone in the city loves the Comets. And I like going to the games. You get in there, it's hyped. It's really exciting to be at a Comets game. And yeah. the play is great. And hockey, and I'll give it this hockey is 100 times better live than it is on TV. Hockey True. on TV is a travesty. Um, but that being said, I don't watch hockey other than the comments, so it's tough for me to sometimes get excited about hockey, right? That's I, fair. Yeah, I don't... That's fair. Well, because we played the game where we ranked the, the professional sports leagues earlier this week, mm-hmm. and we both... I think we both picked the NHL as, like... Number the, four. Number yeah. four, right? If you're counting the four major American leagues, yeah, NHL's number four. Yeah. Number one was NBA for both of you. Well, American sports. I had soccer. Uh, yeah, we know. Everyone knows. Um, <laughs> and yeah, NBA is far away number one for me. That we talked about it in the opening segment. We didn't watch the World Series. We watched the opening night of the NBA. Oh, no, yeah, I watched the Lakers get eviscerated, which I've been getting used to. <laughs> it's like it's kind of the same, it's same old hat for me. And before before it turns into anything on Twitter, anybody says anything, if I hear anybody say, oh, college basketball is better than the NBA, nope. number one, you're so wrong that it hurts my feelings. Wow. And if you say, oh, they don't care, they don't play hard, that's ridiculous watch a game. If you say they're all they so do is dunk, that that's ridiculous to watch a game. Like they're not you don't trying. understand, like, the level of competition the is so much higher. Dude, I watch a college game, and I feel like I'm at the JCC watching like wow. a rec league Whoa, when I watch college basketball. The tournament is great. The tournament's a lot of fun, but like the same thing with all the college sports. There's 900 teams with no organization, no <laughs> leagues, no rhyme or reason for why somebody's in first place, second place. College sports sort of runs with the analogy we talked about with baseball and the Yankees, right? Uh-huh. I would rather watch any miscellaneous uh, NFL game than any miscellaneous baseball game, 
right? Just whatever team, it doesn't matter. But I would rather watch the Yankees play than watch any NFL game by a large margin. And it's because, because I care about the It's Yankees. because you care about the team, yeah. That's right. So it's NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL. That's the that's the four. That's those are the four. That's, 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 NBA's one. Hockey, no, basketball, would be baseball, two. football. Football would be one. Uh, basketball one. Football that's two. Probably, baseball yeah, three. That's probably minus order. the Yankees being the the football. Because yeah, because I'm I'm more likely to enjoy a random football game than I'm not a huge NFL guy. I don't really have a team. No, I don't, I don't, I don't really care team. for football as a whole. But like, like it's Bills. okay. I like to watch the game. I like to watch with people. I would rather watch a random one-off NFL game than a random, like, you know, Cardinals versus Giants or whatever MLB game. That could be both games. That could but be a I, football game or a baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> I, would like to, I would like to pretend that I did that on purpose, but I totally didn't. Well, there you go. Which game would you rather watch? NFL, Giants, Cardinals? I or just said football baseball. over baseball. That one I would watch. I would I rather watch. I hate the Giants in football. I so. hate the New York Giants. I'd rather watch Summer League basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Um, I think that's the interesting thing, too, because I love... Loved baseball. Loved yep. it. It was the sport that as a child in my in the early 90s, or late, I guess the mid-90s, right? Like 95, 96, when the Yankees came on and my, I actually started to pay attention. It was the most important sport. And it wasn't close. I loved it so much. Do either of you guys find that as you get like older to a certain age, you don't care about your teams the same way you used to? Oh, yeah. I didn't want to say you care less, but like I remember back in the day, like when the Yankees lost in 2004 to the Red Sox, when they were up three games to nothing, and the Red Sox came back and swept them, Great like I was messed history. up for like a couple days. Like I almost cried. I remember at my buddy's house, all the lights are off. People are literally weeping, and I'm like, I'm a broken person, so I didn't cry. But like I was close, <laughs> and so like, and I used to, you would care so much. And now I get older, I'm like, ah, oh, Yankees suck. What are you gonna do? I think of the two extremes as when the Yanks lo- was it 2001. When the Yanks lost to the Diamondbacks. Uh, yes. In 2001, when the Yankees lost to the Diamondbacks, I was at, on Valentine Bray at my mom's house on the small TV watching the Yankees lose, like sitting on the floor. Mm-hmm. And they lost, and I was like aghast. Yeah. I couldn't breathe. They didn't just yeah, they Mary Ellen Rivera blew the game. Mary Ellen Rivera blew the game after winning four out of five yeah, years. Like, come back. We, were not, we were still young in 2001. Yeah. I mean, I was 15. Heartbroken. Heartbroken. It was tough. I was not used to that. Flash forward to 2009. I'm working in a bar in Nyack, New York. You ever been to Nyack? Is it somewhere near the city? It's not oh, your city. I, I remember that. I remember I was that. working in Nyack, New York, and I was uh, working behind the bar, and there were a bunch of people in the bar, and it was the Yankees, uh, Matsui had like seven RBIs or whatever it was, right, six right, RBIs, right. and they won the World Series. And I remember just sort of being like, okay. Yeah. See, I remember. And it just didn't really. When, have they, it. when they won that 2009 World Series, I remember talking to you on the phone that night. And I remember because, so, okay, so the Yankees win the World Series in 2009. I immediately get in my car, put on New York, New York yes. by Frank Sinatra on repeat as loud as it goes. And I'm driving around smiling so hard that I can't help it. And everybody's calling each other, everybody's freaking out, everybody's making phone calls. And I remember specifically talking to you, Sam. And we were talking about, man, you know, because I, I knew they were going to win. Phillies were trash that year. They were bad, yeah. Whatever. I knew they were going to win, and I knew I was going to be excited. But it was one of those things, because at that point, you know, and this is the spoiled Yankee fan in me, it had been nine whole years without a championship. <laughs> but I remember being like, man, I knew I was going to be happy, but I didn't know I was going to be this happy. And I was marking yeah. out like a little kid. Hey, I feel like... I feel it like wasn't... Not, I mean, it wasn't the same way it was in, like, 96 or anything, uh, but... It was. It caught me by surprise. I expected to be like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then I was like, this is, I'm more excited than See, I thought I would I was be. surprised by how much the people in the bar were sort of just like, meh. 
Like, it was weird. It was very strange to be there mm-hmm. at that bar at that time. Maybe Yankee fans were spoiled at the time. Oh, no. Uh, hot, pretentious. Oh, God, the Red Sox is showing. Put I can't believe we let a real-life Red Sox fan yeah. on the show. See, uh, our 2003 selves never would have let this happen. No, never would have let this happen. Wouldn't even be friends with Justin. I only exist from 2004 on. <laughs> uh, I no proof of this. <laughs> uh, all right, so I only got uh, I only got three over-unders, guys, today. Good sports segment. Is it over-under right? time already? It is over-under time. All right, I got three over-unders here for you. Uh, number one, uh, it is November 2nd, right? means the second day of November, which is where everyone grows out their beards and mustaches for various things. Oh, overrated, man. underrated. Movember. I will deign no rating on this whatsoever because I feel like every month is some new theme month or something. I have a beard all year round because I'm a man and that's what you do. Uh, I don't care. You want to keep on Listen, if you want some money to give to prostate cancer research, that's fine. I'm into that. I'll give you some money. But I don't shave. I don't have a mustache. I'm not. Whatever. Every month is a theme month. Overrated. I'm going to say underrated based on your argument that I know a lot of people who are clean face and my neighbor upstairs actually came down and talked to me i haven't seen him in a week or when he shaved it freaked me out some people don't it's kind of a good thing that it gives you a month to i actually money, used to but... work with a kid who would grow a ridiculously amazing handlebar mustache for november every year he his mustache was underrated john wilmot's mustache <laughs> is underrated the whole month is a whole. I'm, I'm sick of every month is theme month. Yeah. This is this month. It was November, this, not every month. Overrated. You know I mean? Yeah, but then you got mustache May, mustache yeah. March, all this stuff. Overrated because, as I mentioned, in private and in public, I want everyone else to shave off their beards except me because my beard is the best. Oh, good and luck. I was the first to have a beard. Literally the worst beard in the room. Thank you. Wow. Far away. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyhow, wow. let's move on. Uh, overrated, underrated. There has been rumors that we are getting a Trader Joe's. Overrated, underrated, Trader Joe's. I don't, I literally, as a country bumpkin from here in upstate New York, I barely know what that is. Um, it's not Wegmans, so I say overrated. Wow. Mm. Uh, I'm going to say overrated for different reasons because Wegmans falls into it. We have, like, major issues in West Utica. Sure. If a Trader, U- or Trader Joe's wanted to go into West Utica... So underrated because that place needs a uh, grocery store. That's that's actually a huge you, where are you going to put it? We talk where about it all the time. Makes it there's totally there's underrated. no grocery store in West Utica. It's a huge area that has no access to groceries, no access to food. Put it up, yeah. Put yeah. Put Trader, put Trader Joe's, Joe's in, and then tell me who's tell. Well, how many watch those like, goons from New Hartford and Clinton come down yeah. to West Utica for groceries? Yep. Uh, I love Trader Joe's because. Take a shot. They had a bunch of New York. Here's the thing. Trader Joe's sort of fits in this weird uh, middle ground between it's not exactly like Whole Foods level of like organic, like pretentious over the top, like I love kale nonsense. Yeah. But it is, it has a lot of its own brands and stuff. It's actually a really, really cool store. It's not that expensive. They have like their own like beer. They have their own. Like, I feel like this is the point really where I should cool. say again, if you use the word foodie and mean it, I hate you. But... <laughs> uh, no, I think I think Trader Joe's would do pretty well here, actually. It's not. It probably would. Yeah, it's not too bad. Probably would. Uh, if they put Snatchies out of this and stuff, man. Put it, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, it in a part of town that needs it. And it's not even just the Trader Joe's. It could be another Snatchies. It could put be Fresh Shopper. It could be Wegmans and anything. Put Trader Joe's yeah. downtown. Put it somewhere where we need it. In this town, right. and I would be Trader Joe's downtown. I'm for yeah. it. Uh, overrated, underrated. Last one for the night, and then we'll close it out. Uh, Justin, your crummy roommate came into our house earlier this week and stole the AAA batteries out of our remote control. And our remote control didn't work for a week because nobody has AAA batteries. Two. Overrated, underrated AAA batteries. Can I two things? 
He left, <laughs> he left you a note to buy more. Mm-hmm. So he didn't leave any money. He, left, <laughs> he did not leave any money. Batteries are not we free, left my a, friend. We left a note. And it went to power our thermostat. I was going to say, that, so, that, that, that's the important part. Is like I say, you know, AAA batteries... It's one thing if they're in your remote. It was super annoying to have to like. It was the burn that kept on burning though, because you guys would try to turn the TV for like a week after that, and I could just laugh, being like, (laughs) "But (laughs) the the volume's too loud. Turn it down." The fact that it it went to turn your heat on in your home. I mean, if you guys need to steal the batteries, they're, they're dead, go ahead. They're greatly underrated. I'll let you know where the soup kitchens are. You only know that you need them. When, when you, you don't have, yeah, see, right, that's yeah, why yeah, I went yeah. to BJ's. I bought like sixty yeah. of like. They're overrated in this house to me, though. I need we got like. Oh, I'll throw six right. of them out the window right now. Just proof. And Sam, the guy who probably was greatly affected by it. How is your feeling on AAA batteries? Because when you didn't have them, uh, how much? I think I think you hit it right on the head. They're only overrated until you don't have them for the one device in your house. That all you your remote controls are dead, you know, because I had you swap them all out and you had nothing left. This is going to sound dumb. I always thought when I was a kid that if you just used one battery instead of two, it would still work, but it would just die faster. Right? Is that dumb? <laughs> I used to, I remember when, I, when, dumb, I, when right? I was a kid, like the remote in my room would be out and it would take the same batteries as the remote downstairs. I would have the dead batteries in my remote in my room. So I would go take one of the good batteries yeah, out of my dad's remote, yeah, yeah. switch them, and that one battery coupled with the dead battery yeah. would yeah. run real solid for like 36 yep. to 48 hours yeah. because I was like a kid and I couldn't buy batteries. And I didn't want to sad tell them, uh, sad story. Movies. Actually, today, uh, the iMac wireless mouse and keyboard, no. the, uh, mouse key- the mouse batteries died, so I took one out of the keyboard and then put it in the mouse and went, and then I got two notifications saying that they're both about to die. It was very disappointing. I'm cutting that story out. Of <laughs> Guys, thank you for everything. Uh, Higgins, hopefully we'll be back next week so we don't have to drag your ass out here again. Hey, hey you're our roommate-ish now. Oh, by the way, howdy, neighbors. Howdy, neighbors. Howdy, neighbors.